Hello everyone, welcome to the Memorial Heights Baptist Church podcast. Here you'll find archived all of our previous messages dating back to late 2020. Our hope is that today's message would be encouraging to your walk with Christ. We also want to thank you for spending time listening today and encourage you to share these messages with a friend so they too might hear the Word of God. But for now, grab your Bible, open your ears, and let's get to it. I want you to go to, to uh, First Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some current events. Uh, I'm in, I'm in an awful lot of churches in Allegheny County. Uh, I'm in Baptist churches most of the time, Southern Baptist most of the time. In fact, my wife Judy's over here. Raise your hand, sweetie, over here to your, to your left. We, we've been married 41, almost, almost 42 years. We're excited about that. Uh, raised four kids, have two grandkids. Just came back from Nashville with the, and, and babysitting the grandbabies for three days by ourselves. So if, if I'm a little bit out of it, it that's why. <laughs> uh, no sleep and uh, these kind of issues. But uh, my daughter is a pastor's wife in, in Nashville. Her husband, Hunter, is uh, help pastoring a, a large church running about 600. Nashville is a gigantic city. A hundred people move to Nashville every day in the area. A hundred. It's just massive. And the churches are just huge. But I want to encourage you this morning before I start the message in 2 Timothy 3 because we're facing today uh, a media, a news media, an outlet of social media that is the age of deception. All they want to do is deceive you and lie to you and not tell you the truth. In 2 Timothy 3, Paul warns us and says, in the, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. We're living there. You're in there right now. October 2023 is perilous times. We're told in Genesis 12 that anybody that blesses Israel, God will bless. You curse Israel, God will curse you, Genesis 12. Very clear. So, friends, we as Christians must be vocal. We must be visible. We must be vibrant to let folks know that we love the Jewish people. Amen, church? Because God loves them. Now, true, God loves the world. God loves souls. He loves sinners. He sent Jesus to die for the world. But the Jewish people are his. And we as believers, me, a Scotch-Irish guy, have been grafted into the body. And I'm so glad that God accepts me and you when we trust Christ as Savior. Jesus was a Jew. Amen. He died for the sins of the world. So know this, that in 2 Timothy 3, for verse 2, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, and unholy. Is that right now? It's, it's, it's right now, friends. Now, one thing I want you to look at, if you see right now Iran supporting Hamas and Hezbollah and all these other terrorist groups, we don't see Ezekiel 38 and 39 coming to really the prophecy right now yet, but if... If Russia joins Iran and helps invade Israel, that could be a fulfillment of Ezekiel 38 and 39. So just watch your news if Russia 
begins to join forces with Iran and Qatar and the rest of them, and Hezbollah is, is already launching in rockets. I can't believe that the United States was attacked 20 times, and we finally launched an, an, an attack on two places. 20 attacks on our troops, and we just sat there. I thought, man, what in the world? But I'm thankful that we finally res re responded. Amen? If you turn your Bibles to uh, 1 Peter 5, my message today is about Pastor Appreciation Sunday. What an awesome service so far. And we've had the kids singing. We had uh, uh, one of the youth playing piano. I thought he was going to break out on the um, boogie-woogie over here in the piano. Man, it was just rocking. And then the baptism up there was just great. Man, exciting. And then to hear these great songs being sung, just a blessed service to be here. Uh, Judy and I will be ministering for several months, uh, beginning in December, at the First English Baptist Church in Frostburg on Main Street. We're going to be serving there for several months. I'll be helping them as they are, are uh, right now have no pastor at this point, so we're going to be serving and helping them as they seek God's will for a pastor. But, but I thank God for your pastor. I thank God for Pastor DJ and Pastor Nate. And I saw boxes up here. It looks like some boxes with some, you can put cards in there and things. It's really awesome. I, I, I looked in there and I thought I, thought I might have seen a, a coupon for a brand new Ford F, F1, F-150 for, for Pastor DJ in there. But I'm not sure if I saw it in there. But he needs one. <laughs> First Peter 5, the shepherd and the sheep. What is a pastor? Every church needs a pastor-preacher, not just a preacher, not just pastor, pastor-preacher. It's dangerous if you go to church here for five, six, eight, ten months, and the pastor doesn't know who you are. That's a bad sign. It's a bad sign if you're singing in the, in the choir or whatever, and the pastor meets you out in, in, in the parking lot and can't remember who you are. That's that, that's bad sign. But thank God, Pastor DJ here, Pastor Nate, who is new, want to get to know his sheep and love on the sheep because we know that a pastor loves sheep. And the key to being a sheep is following the pastor. Now, I want you to know, my friends, that not every, every church in our community has an exciting pastor. Some pastors are just detached from reality. I go in there, and he's preaching on the mission statement. It's almost like you know, six sermons on the missions. I thought, brother, the world is coming apart. The world is, is in chaos, and you're preaching on the mission statement for five Really? Get a life. People are going to hell, and we're worried about a mission statement. Man, come on. Focus on what is happening in the reality. Now, on this next slide, I've got a pastor, just a picture of, the, of a shepherd and a sheep. Sheep need a shepherd. And every shepherd needs to know how to lovingly take care of the sheep. You never see a pastor beating sheep. You never see uh, a shepherd out in the field just, just wailing on some sheep. He's leading them. He's guiding them. He's in the front. It's interesting that in, in some churches we find that the pastor is kind of behind the scenes and not real vocal and not real evident and not really a leader. Every church needs a pastor who can be a leader to that church and lead by example. So the pastor isn't in the front leading. I'm glad that your pastor is not so far back we can't even find out 
where, where in the world he is, okay? He and Gigi family are up there saying, we love you, we care about you, God's called us here, and you're coming to be spiritually fed every week. This church believes in preaching the gospel. I came here to this church this past summer at vacation Bible school. It was awesome. The place was all decorated, the whole stage. We had a, a bounce house and a fellowship hall. You couldn't even hardly move in there. And the snacks were everywhere flowing. People were feeding you, bouncing, eating, bouncing, bouncing and eating. It was just wild. And people were getting saved. Kids were hearing about Jesus. We had an adult mom who came to the last night. I was here. She was sitting there, and her little child was, was being led to Christ, and she says, well, I'm not saved either. I said to the lady, well, you, you want to get saved tonight and trust the Lord? She says, I think so. Led her to Christ right, 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 right here in front. So people in this church are, are getting saved. People are getting saved at the hospital. We talk to them every week about the Lord. And we go in there. I'm not talking to them about how much money is in there for 401K or, or for, for Fort Hill or, or Allegheny or the, the Mountaineers or Penn State or the Ravens or Steelers. Who cares? I talk to them about their souls. I want to ask them, hey, are you ready to meet the Lord? What? Do you know the Lord your Savior? I don't know. Have a chance to talk to them about their soul's condition. Pastors lead in the front. Thank God Pastor DJ leads in the, in, in the front, and your new youth pastor will be, be, be mentored by him to learn how to take lead in the front. Now, friends, I want you to also know something, that God calls us sheep. God calls me and you sheep. Remember the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my what? The Lord is my pastor. The Lord is my pastor, I shall not want. God calls you and me sheep, and there's the weakness of the sheep. And the weakness is spelled out in Isaiah 53. All we like sheep have gone astray. If a sheep didn't have a shepherd to lead and guide, they'd be running over here to this way and that way, trying to find water, trying to food. The shepherd leads them because it's natural for us to go astray. Sometimes we'll say, well, hey, I haven't seen so-and-so in church for months. They've gone astray. Haven't seen you for, for years. They've gone astray. And sometimes sheep need to understand that the shepherd calls them. Hey, I haven't seen you in church for a while. Where you been? Well, you know, uh, it's NFL now, and I, I get up early and watch the NFL. NFL doesn't start till 1 p.m. Get in church. Well, well, the game's on over in really London at 9. Well, get a life. Okay, come on back. We, we, we love you. Come on back. Be with, with God's people. God calls a sheep, and there's the weakness of a sheep. Number two, the waywardness of the sheep. Some sheep are wavered. Luke 15, Jesus tells a story of one lost sheep. He counts 99 in the, in the, in the, uh, the, the sheepfold, and there's one missing. He doesn't say in, in Luke 15, well, that's one of them. I got 99. I must, I'll just let them go out there and get eaten by the wolves. No. What's the shepherd do? I'm searching. Where's he at? Where could he be? Over here, overneath, is he over here? And he's looking around for that one lost sheep to bring them home. In fact, the Bible says in Luke 15, there's joy in the presence of heaven when one sinner repents and comes home. Amen, church? Nothing 
excites a church more than anything is seeing people stand up in that pool and say, I trusted Christ. I'm identifying with him in his death, burial, and resurrection. Man, that ought to fire you up, man. And I saw you clapping. You go, man, your baptism, yeah, awesome. Because there's the waywardness of sheep to want to stray away and a loving pastor wants to bring him home. How about the worth of the sheep, number three? John 10, Jesus says, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Man, that's powerful. Thank God Jesus gave his life for his sheep, and he loves us, and he loves you. I found this, this awesome shirt. By the way, Pastor DJ is wearing a shirt that, that, that you all gave him last year. I found this cool one. Pastor, because hardcore devil stomping ninja isn't an official job title. Man, isn't that awesome? That's a cool shirt, man. Because pastors have a bullseye on their chest from the evil one. He wants to destroy them. He wants to wipe them out. He wants to make sure he attacks their desire and their passion and their families. Pray for your pastor. Love on your pastor. Listen to, to 1 Peter 5. I have it up on the screen. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to, to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 1 Peter 5 is about the role of your pastor. Now, friends, let me ask you this, this morning. If these verses are written to us in 1 Peter 5, Peter is telling your pastor to shepherd the flock of God. You say, well, you know, when people ask you outside these walls, hey, where do you go to church at? Man, I go, to, I go to Pastor DJ's church. I got news for you. It's not his church. Whose church is it? It's God's church. Shepherd the flock of God. Well, I, I go to Cornerstone. I go to Faith. Uh, uh, I go to Gateway or... Uh, I, I go to LaBelle, but no, we, we go to God's church, and Pastor DJ is the under-shepherd of the chief shepherd. And the under-shepherd of the chief shepherd answers to the Lord how he shepherds and pastors the flock. It's pretty sad when you go into some hospital rooms, and I ask the folks, has your pastor been up here to see you? Well, I've been up here for three weeks. I've never seen him. You want me to call him and ask him? Yeah. Would you please? I call him on the phone. Hey, Pastor Fred, where you been? Well, I'm, a, I'm on the golf course. I said, put your golf clubs down. Get here to the hospital. Aunt Susie's about ready to, to pass away. You need to be here. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes pastors have forgotten their calling. Thank God Pastor DJ is there visiting, praying, ministering, serving. How can Memorial Heights... Love on the pastoral staff consistently. Just once a year? Or can we do it more than once a year? So what's coming up soon? Well, we got next month, Thanksgiving. Pastor Nate, here's your big old turkey, 25-pounder, just for you. You got to pluck it, but it's all yours. <laughs> 
Thanksgiving. Pastor DJ, we want to make sure you and your wife are loved this Thanksgiving. We thank God for you. And here's a special gift, talk, gift card to the Baptist Steakhouse. Cracker Barrel. How about for Christmas? When I pastored Emmanuel Baptist in Clarksburg, West Virginia, about every December, they gave Judy and I a gift of a $1,000 gift. That helped us with four little kids. That really blessed us. Christmas gifts. Valentine's coming up in February. We want to give a Valentine gift to our pastors. How about a weekend getaway, a conference, a dinner? Going to the place called The Cove in Asheville, North Carolina. The Billy Graham Cove is all, we've been there two or three times now. Amazing place. Love to go there. Got a chance to hear Jim Cimbala for three days. Man, it's powerful. The food was awesome. Fellowship was sweet. Gift cards. A sabbatical. What is, what's a sabbatical? After your pastor's here for five, six years or so, pastor will give you a month off. One month off, paid, and we'll have different pastors come on in here and preach for the month. Once you have a month off to just enjoy what God's doing, maybe get away with your wife, a sabbatical would be amazing. My son-in-law is getting one in May, and he and my daughter are hoping to go over to London, England, and tour during his sabbatical. I never had a sabbatical in my, in my whole life. I usually got away from church. They'd say, remember, you only get two Sundays off. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Cards of kindness, anniversary, birthday, those things can help love on Pastor DJ and Gigi and Pastor Nate and his wife, and you do that by just expressing God's love and God's grace. Now, friends, ministry can be, can be hard. Here's a guy. He says, who said ministry was, was, was stressful? I'm 35, and I feel great. <laughs> now, friends, we need to understand that there's stress in being a pastor. Sometimes there's stress. People, people usually came to me when I was a pastor about five minutes before the church, the church service began. He said, hey, so-and-so's mad at you. They're about ready to leave a church. I'm trying to go, what in the world? They're, they're here today, and, and they, they want to meet you in the parking lot, and we're going to work this out with their fists. What in the world? You know, I'm getting ready to preach the word. Stress is always there with ministry. Thank God that the role of the pastor is spelled out. The church is God's flock. And the pastor has a role. He's to be elder. He's to be a presbyter or a mature man. He's to feed pastor in ministry. He's to have oversight to be the bishop and manager of that church. Elder feed, and oversight. That's the role of every pastor. And that pastor can preach and teach and love and shepherd you as you respond to him as your loving shepherd and say, you know, I thank God for my pastor because he, and fill in the blank. I thank God for my pastor's wife because she, and fill in the blank. I thank God for our youth pastor because he, and fill in the blank. Are you thankful for your, for your pastor's team? Are you? Yeah, that's right. How about right now, nice and loud, I don't need a long speech, but just give me something short. I thank God for my pastor because he, and fill in the blank, somebody say something. I thank God for my pastor because he is, 
Yes. He led you to the Lord. Amen. That's awesome. That's powerful. I thank God for my pastor because he. Amen. Amen. Good. I thank God for my pastor because he. Preaches truth. Amen. That's good. I thank God for my pastor because he. It's my friend. Yeah, that's good. I like it. He's my friend. Close. I thank God for my pastor because he. Faithful. Amen. De- what'd you say? Dependable. Beautiful. Great. Anybody else? I thank God for my pastor because, yes, he cares. Well, that's a big one. That's a that's big one. He cares. Okay, he's there. Uh, when you call on the phone, he, he, he's there. What, what, what a blessing. So the role of the pastor is shepherding you. Number two, the requirements of the pastor shepherd is that he guides the flock, guards the flock, and grows the flock. Pastor-led churches in the New Testament are growing churches. Too many churches, the pastor is kept down with a fist, and the elders or deacons keep, keep, keep him down like he's a hired, a hired servant. Now, yeah, he is a servant, but the deacons are helpers of the pastor, servants of the pastor. They don't run the pastor. They don't keep tabs on how many visits he makes each month. They're there to be servants of the pastor and to help him. So he guides the flock. He preaches truth. You notice there in 1 Peter 5, it says there in verse 2, to shepherd the flock of God which is among you. See, he lives here. Gigi lives here. She works here. She serves here. He's involved in our community. He's ministering here. Uh, I thank God for other servants in, in this church that are, that are serving the uh, Lord. You're doing great things. I thank God for a guy in your church named Bud Hamilton. Well, where are you, Bud? There he is. Bud serves at the hospital. He's a volunteer prayer partner. Every week he comes, prays with folks at the cancer center. He, he carries around in his pockets stuffed animals. I said, Bud, how, I said, Bud you're using up all my stuffed animals or, or getting used up. He's ministering to folks with prayer, stuffed animals, to love on people. And that's what a pastor is an example of doing. He guides, guards, and grows the the flock. Now, Peter says here in in verse number 2, he's serving as an overseer. He's a bishop. Now, some folks like the titles in their their name. You go by the church, it has a sign there. Uh, Dr. Reverend so-and-so, THM, DHM, TDD, BCC, all these titles. People, people at the hospital always tell me, you've got to show all your titles. I says, no, I'm just Pastor Bruce. Don't you want all these things? Oh, I, say, I don't want all this. I, I'm just Pastor Bruce. That's all who I am. Because it's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about him. And if they see the Lord in my life, and that's, then I've accomplished the, the, uh, the uh, purpose. You see, the requirements of the pastor is that he can, he can guide you, guard you, and help you grow in your life. Thank God he's here to teach God's word. And thank God this morning we had uh, Andy here. Man, that psalm was powerful, man. That psalm was just, just really ministered. Now, number three, the responsibility of the, of the pastor. He has right ministry, right motivation, and right management. This is key. Because the responsibility of your pastor, he's ministering 
by feeding you. He's not just giving you story after story. He's giving you truth of God's word. And sometimes it's hard to hear that truth if it's convicting. When you're convicted by God's word, God's trying to say, change your life. Change your behavior. Change what you are doing. I had the, the privilege to serve in Allegheny County with the Allegheny County Sheriff's Department as one of the chaplains. And when I ministered to the, to the, to the deputies of the Allegheny County Sheriff's Department, my presence with the guys in their cars is very important that I sit in there and listen to them as we, as we, as we drive. We could be out here on I-68, hiding over there by Rocky Gap State Park. And the officer says to me, he's sharing with me about his family. All of a sudden, and all of a sudden, he says, Pastor, she's going 80. Should we, should, should we nail her? I said, well, yeah. <laughs> so... We, he puts on the on the on the the, the siren and the high speed. And we fly up there. We 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 we, we pull over and and he, see, he gets back to me. He says, "Well, she has no license, no registration, and no insurance." <laughs> I said, "Well, can you be easy? Can you be kind? Can you be gracious for for for, for the leases? Yeah, I think I think I'll, I'll be gracious. So even these guys who are facing issues at home." Issues on the job, listening to people is key. So I listen to the sheriffs. I listen to the policemen as they share their heart. And you need to be able to be a good listener too. Often as a pastor, I taught, was taught to listen to reply. Always listen to fix it. We want to hear it and fix the problem. How many men are like that? You, you want to fix everything. And he, sure, we're, we, we like to fix stuff. Hear from our kids, our son, daughter. Listen, here's how they fix it. Sometimes we need to listen to hear. Just hear them. Often in the hospital, I'll listen to hear, not listen to preach. Just to hear the unload the truck. Often I'll ask some of the, of the nurses or people in the hospital, say, hey, what about this amazing tattoo on your arm? And they tell me about their tattoo. I'm listening to hear. So later on down the road, they'll hear me tell them about who Jesus is. Right ministry, right motivation, right management. I want to camp out there on the, on the, the management. Four L's. Write them down there in, your, in a portion of your Bible. Lead, love, learn, and listen. The pastor who leads, who loves, and learns, and listens is the pastor who will see a church grow because he's visible. He's involved in their life. He's going to the football game. He's going to the wrestling match. I went to a uh, Fort Hill wrestling match many years ago and watched one of my guys in my church wrestle for a championship. I was right there cheering him on. When he joined the Air Force, I was right there cheering him on. And when I got news that he passed away in the U.S. Air Force. I was right there for the family, loving on a broken mom and dad and brother and family, preaching and pastoring. It goes hand in hand. 
And thank God we have a pastor here who loves his people, cares about them, cries with them, ministers to them, and listens to them unload the truck. We're living in an age, my friends, where people want you to just listen to them share their issues in their life. A lot of seniors, when I go into a room, I just sit down and let them just tell me about their life. And then at the end, I may say, can I tell you about Jesus? Sure can. Because I've listened. Preaching and pastoring, you got to have both. Listen to Hebrews 13, 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. They watch out for your souls. Pastor DJ, Pastor Nate care about the souls of this church. They love you big time. They care about you big time. Friends, it's time that we understand what it means to love on our staff and care about them. I'm so glad that the Lord is my pastor. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores what? My soul. My soul. The reward of a, of a pastor is awesome. 1 Peter 5, 4, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Pastor DJ, there will be a time when God will call your name at the Bema, at the judgment seat of Christ, and you'll be rewarded for your labor, brother, for your, your tears, your prayers. Kneeling here at the altar, back in your office, just praying. Your dear wife will be rewarded for the ladies that she discipled and loved on. I still have folks, when I was a youth pastor in Baltimore City many years ago, I still have some of my teens from years and years ago who will be driving by I-68 and will stop by at the hospital and say, Pastor Bruce, I'm driving by. Can I stop by to see you? And they'll stop by. I say, what are you doing now? Well, I'm an Anne Arundel County police officer. Wow. And God's using me. I was their, their youth pastor. And here they are still stopping by to, to touch base. The way you honor your pastors on earth is the way you honor God in heaven. Respect, gratitude, obedience, prayer. Your pastors deserve it. Amen, church? They deserve it. Because, my friend, it's not about really Pastor DJ and Gigi and Pastor Nate. It's about Jesus Christ. And the pastor who exalts the Lord and the pastor that lifts up Jesus and a pastor that says, it's not about me. It's about the Savior on the cross because our job is to point people to him and reflect on what he's done for us on that cross, my dear friends. Thank God for our Savior. 1 Peter 2, 25 says, For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. He's the shepherd and overseer of your souls. But he's not that unless you've been born again into God's family, unless you've been saved, unless you've been truly a follower of Christ. You see, my friends, the, the total job of being a pastor is having a vertical ministry. 
pointing people to Christ. But I can't have a vertical ministry till I have a horizontal. And the horizontal ministry is each of us caring for each other. It's not just coming into church saying, hey, how you doing, and leaving. It's saying, hey, how you doing, and listening. How you doing, and grabbing their hand, and listening to what they say. That's the great reward of a pastor. We can come and return to the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Oh, friends, do you know the Lord today? Is he your savior? The cross of Christ is still lifted up at Memorial Heights. The cross of Jesus is vital to our faith. It's vital to our whole family. It's vital to our worth as men and women of God. And when loss comes and you bury your loved ones and you hold your hand of your daddy, your mama, your son, your daughter, they're in the hospital and they're saved and they've trusted Christ, that, my friends, is a homegoing. It's a promotion. It's a way of going home to the Lord. You see, my, my friends, when you have a pastor who prepares you for heaven, you're blessed. You're blessed. You have a pastor who believes in the gospel and tells you heaven is real and hell is real. You are blessed to have a pastor like that. You have a pastor who's on the front line saying, I'm warning you, Jesus is coming soon. You better be ready. You're blessed to have a pastor like that. Because the cross of Christ is still important to preach. And our horizontal ministry to each other becomes a vertical ministry to Almighty God because I want to obey Hebrews 12 and look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. When I came here this past summer to vacation Bible school and watched Ron Morton and his daughter running all over the place, Ron's up here and she's up here they're running around and there's kids up there howling, screaming, there's prizes to be won, and you hear families coming in that are unchurched. And their kid comes here for Bible school and they have fun and they return because they're unchurched and they need the Savior. We don't, we don't scream at the door and say, well, you don't have very, very nice clothes. Uh, you can't come into our, to our church. We don't have them in the parking lot saying, well, your car's kind of beat up and the muffler's falling off and just not our style cars here. You can't come to our church. Or, or you come in here and you haven't had a shower maybe, maybe, maybe twice a year and, and you can't come. No, we, we said, come on in. We, 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 we love on you. You're welcome here. There's a home here for you. Because right there on that cross, Jesus was a pastor to the thief on the cross. And he heard the thief say to him on the cross, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus turns his head and says, this day you'll be with me in paradise. He didn't get baptized. He didn't join the church. He didn't tithe. He didn't buy a suit. He didn't sing in the choir. He's in heaven this day. Why? Faith in Jesus alone. Thank God for Pastor DJ. Thank God for Gigi and Pastor Nate and his precious wife. 
And friends, thank God you're showing love to, to, to this pastoral staff. What a blessing. What a joy. Before we close today and have the invitation, maybe you're here and you have not told your pastor how much you appreciate him. Maybe you're here and you've not said, hey, I thank God for you. I haven't been coming as much as I've wanted to, but I want you to know I'm for you. I want you to know I, I believe in your mission here, and, 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 and I support you, and, and maybe I haven't given you a, a lot of, of gift cards, but I'm telling you right now, I'm here in my seat, and I'm hungry for the Word of God, and I want you to feed me. Maybe t- today's a day to have you say to him and his staff, we love you. We're praying for you. I want you this morning maybe to take, a, take, a, take some time to, to say, well, we, we don't have an evening service this evening. We're not going to have to. We know we're, we're not going to beat the Methodists at the Cracker Barrel. I mean, it's, it's just impossible to really beat them. But a chance today to say to your pastoral staff, we love you and we thank God for you. I want to have... Um, Pastor Nate, come and stand here. Pastor DJ, come here and stand here in the, in the middle. and We're going to pray over you. And uh, there's a special lady in the back over here that I really love. Her, her name's Stephanie. Raise your hand, Steph. Stephanie was, was in my church, uh, uh, Calvary Baptist, there at Crescent Town in 2005 when we moved here. 18 plus years ago, we, we moved here. She was there with her dear, her dear husband and her daughter and sons, her son and daughters, and she met us and took care of us and fed us, and her husband came over, helped me build a room on the back of my house, and just, just ministered to Judy and I as a new pastor and wife in the area. We will never forget that, Stephanie, how you loved on us. And we're up here to just love on Pastor Nate and Pastor DJ. And uh, I'm going to ask the uh, deacons to uh, come, if they would. And we're going to have prayer over them. And uh, Pastor Nate's wearing a WV shirt here. If you're a Maryland Turp fan, please uh, have mercy on him. (laughs) But the Mountaineers did win, yes. The Mountaineers won. Maryland lost, yeah. But praying for your staff, praying for God to work in their lives. And when a church prays and lays hands on and wants God to move, it's the leadership of this church that said, we want God to move in our midst. We don't want to be just an old-fashioned church that just is dead. We want to be a, a living church, vibrant, excited, preaching the gospel, seeing folks walk the aisle, baptized like this morning. That's awesome. What if you had a baptism every week? Wouldn't it be amazing? Man, but you got to bring people out to hear, the, to, to hear the word. Brother, this shirt's awesome. This pastor has, has an awesome church, and that, that's a cool shirt, okay? And, uh, brother, wait, wait, I, have to get, I have to get you one. This church has an, has, has an awesome <laughs> youth pastor. Or, or a shirt that says, I serve the best youth group ever. Yeah. But praying for your leaders means everything. And maybe you're here and you have been all your life listening to fix it. Maybe it's time for you just to listen to hear and be able to minister to people as they unload the truck 
Then at the right time, you can give the answer. Let's pray. You deacons lay, lay, lay hands on, on, on these dear brothers. Father in heaven, we just love Pastor DJ. Lord, he's such a blessing. Lord, our community needs a man like this. God, would you have your hand on him as he preaches the word? We're living, Lord, in the last days. Jesus could come at any moment. Lord, help us not to argue over stupid stuff, but to be supporting the ministry of this church, seeing people saved and baptized and join this church. God, we pray for Pastor Nate. Lord, use him to impact Washington Middle School, Fort Hill High School, helping to minister, Lord, at South Penn, John Humbert, Lord, other schools in this area that need the gospel. Give him, Lord, open doors to share truth to high schoolers and middle schoolers. God, I pray for the folks in this church that are burdened for their loved ones, that we'll see people saved in the coming months, in Thanksgiving month, in Christmas month. People will be saved from here. Lord, use this dynamic duo of pastor and youth pastor to see God minister. Help these dear deacons, Lord, godly men. Lord, they're servants. They're gifted here to serve in this church, God. Help them to know that they're loved and appreciated as well. They're godly men. Lord, I pray you'll minister to Memorial Heights in a special way in Jesus' name. All God's people said, we're going to stand to our feet as Pastor DJ comes to lead this song. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. And maybe you're here this morning and you need, you need to step out. Maybe you're here, you need to come and kneel here at the altar and do business with the Lord. Maybe you're here, you're not saved. You need Christ. You need the Lord. You need to come and, and pray that sinner's prayer and receive it. Maybe you're here, you've never been baptized. Never join this church. You need to come. Maybe you're here and you got just a lot of burdens and you want to unload to the Lord on your knees at the altar. These steps have carpet on them. It's soft. You, you can kneel down. It's okay to kneel. A kneeling church is a powerful church. A kneeling church is a praying church. A kneeling church is a spirit-filled church. You come and kneel here and say, God, I want you to do a work in my life. I want to see people come to know Christ here in Memorial Heights, and I'm burdened. God help. That's all for today. I hope this has made a positive impact in your relationship with Jesus. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior and you'd like to know how, give one of our pastors a call at 301-724-5876. We would love nothing more than to share the good news with you. If you've never joined us in person, we have services multiple times throughout the week that we would love to see you at. They are Sunday morning Bible study at 9.15 a.m., Sunday morning service at 10.30 a.m., Sunday evening service at 6.30 p.m., and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. We also have opportunities for our students to gather. The youth group for grades 6 through 12 meets at 6 o'clock p.m. on Sundays, and our WANA program for 6th grade and under meets at 6.15 p.m. on Wednesdays. Again, we thank you for joining us today, and we hope to see you soon. But until next time, stay faithful.